Welcome to part two of our exhaustive look at the films of Quentin Tarantino. If you're listening to this and wondering, did he say part two? Yeah, he did. Be sure to check out last week's podcast, which was part one of the Tarantino filmgasm, before you listen to this one. If you're already up to speed, let's jump right in with a look at Kill Bill Volume 2. So Kill Bill 2 came out in 2004, a year after the first installment. Stars Uma Thurman as the bride, now revealed to be Beatrix Kiddo. Mm-hmm. David Carradine as Bill in a full-length appearance. Yes. Which does not disappoint. Not at all. Michael Madsen as Bill's brother Bud. Real, <laughs> as they call him in the movie. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. <laughs> An alky scrub, shit-kicking moron. Oh, man. I love it. And Daryl Hannah as L Driver. A so real good. sadistic bitch. Yeah, Daryl Hannah's amazing. And, uh, what was his name? Gordon Liu as Master Pai Mei. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, I fucking love that guy. Thank God Tarantino didn't decide to play that himself, <laughs> which he was going to do. I know. That'd I wish been, there were pictures of that. That would have been frustrating. Would have ruined that entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> but that didn't happen, and we got we got Kill Bill 2, which is Kill Bill 1 on steroids. You know, more characters, more going on. And again, like you said, Dave Carradine is in the whole thing. Yeah. And he does not disappoint. He's frightening. And uh, definitely makes, uh, makes a case for being one of the best Tarantino villains of all time. Kill Bill 2 is very much character-driven as a part. For sure. Part, uh, part 1 is very much... Uh, I would say story-driven. Part two is the bride's final confrontation with Bill. That's what it's all building towards. It's time. And it's very bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Her final meeting with Bill is very much like, do I really want to do this? Yeah. Is this all worth it? Has yeah. this all been worth it? There's still love there. For us, it's been worth it. It's been fucking four hours. Yeah. <laughs> Kill I want to see this shit. Kill his ass. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, an amazing film. Definitely... Uh, a worthy successor. Both of the films are just flawless. And yeah, it's wonderful. it's one of the best sequels of all time. Uh, yeah, not a lot of sequels are able to live up, especially just a one-two bang bang. Tarantino himself doesn't even consider it a sequel. No, it's it, it is. It's a just continuation. To him, Kill Bill is one movie. Yeah, it's his fourth. And I love I love thinking of that in my head. Uh, I have some quotes. You know, I said earlier, "Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey." That's <laughs> that's a classic one that we like to say. That's from Bud Michael Madsen. Uh, but one one of the coolest things is between the bride and Bill, and she says, "How do you find me? I'm the man." <laughs> Fuck yeah, <It's> so good. <laughs> That's one of those bits I, I I had to bring up that bit. That's so cool. My I bro- love that there is no second guessing of that. Story. Right? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Bill's the man. Yes, sir. Bill. All right. <laughs> yeah, Cara Dean is totally convincing. Um, yeah. Very surprising role. He was up for a Golden Globe for his performance in uh, Kill Bill Two. Um, also Uma Thurman as well. So this is a beautiful movie. Do, do we mention it got a 84? Uh, 84 Rotten Tomatoes and then 8. Uh, a flat 8 on IMDb. 8.0. Which is, uh, that's solid. You know, solid. Bill was very nearly Warren Beatty. Oh, I read a lot yeah, about that. Can't believe that. Fascinating. Yeah. And then totally Costner. different. Ugh, thank God. Like, two names I can't even fucking see as Bill. I, I feel like it would have changed the entire movie. Yeah, for sure. Um... Yeah, yeah. Carradine has this roughness about him that you totally believe he's been in the game for 30, 40 years Fuck yeah. just killing people for money. Mm-hmm. And you don't second guess it for a second. Bill's got this presence about him that you're like, yeah, of course a sword maker would I break agree. his oath for this guy. I agree. <laughs> uh, interesting fact about this one is uh, Robert Rodriguez scored the movie for $1. Really? And in return, Tarantino repaid him by directing a segment... Of Sin City in 2005. Also for $1. (laughs) I knew that he had had directed a part of Sin City. I didn't know that that was an agreement. There was a deal. That's really cool. That's really cool. (laughs) Just a year apart. And then uh, this is a fascinating story I didn't know. Um, 2018, Uma Thurman posted footage online of a car accident that occurred while filming this movie. At the time, Thurman had voiced her reservations about filming a scene while driving a car over a straight dirt road and requested a stunt performer. Tarantino persuaded her. uh, Long story short, persuaded her. uh, There was a crash. Uh, footage was, you know, I guess hidden, I guess, from certain people, and Thurman tried to get it out. It didn't ever get out until recently. And just now, you know, recently they were able to kind of squash some beef they had. Um, yeah. Thurman, Thurman and Tarantino. Messed her up. Like, really, permanently. Uh, really did. Yeah, really messed, messed her up, and uh, that really sucks. But uh, it, it shows the shit they go through for these movies. Um, that's... Yeah. Yeah, that's... Um, I want to go. I don't know if you pointed, uh, if you saw this, or if you noticed in your viewings of this movie. Yeah, goes with the the world, the Tarantino world. Um, and Reservoir Dogs, Mr. White says at one point, 
that the gut the gut is the most painful place to take a shot besides the kneecap. And then Bill says, "You know what? I heard at one point, at some point, that the most painful place is the kneecap ha! to get shot." I did not know. So maybe Carradine, maybe Bill, at some point heard heard Mister White say something at some point. Maybe Bill worked with um, the Reservoir Dogs at some point. Maybe. Uh, maybe Fuck, man, we that's don't awesome. know. Yeah, we don't know. That, that was that's a cool. Ha! Yeah, that's uh, spanning over, you know, 12 years Reservoir Dogs to Kill Bill 2. 12 years of possible connection. That's really so cool. Even if it's not, it's just fun that Tarantino was like, fuck it, I'm going to fuck with people's minds about it. You know, that's really cool. <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's, the Kill Bill 2 is, I like it better than the first one. Uh, just have a blast. Have I think blast the music really stands out in this one. For sure. There's a song um, about her by Malcolm McLaren. It does some uh, remixing of She's Not There by the Zombies. Yes, yeah. I love that. That mm-hmm. song in, the, in this movie kind of really represents the whole movie. For sure. And it's so perfect. Uh, yeah, again, we shout out his music in the first part of this podcast, if you didn't go check it out. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a master at using the soundtrack effectively as a character. Yeah, for sure. And I think in his later films, he definitely upped that even more. Oh, yeah. He's gotten better and better at the production side of yeah. making of making films. He just keeps getting better. He just keeps honing his craft. I love that. So, 2007, Tarantino and Rodriguez did their own Grindhouse film, mm-hmm. a double feature of Rodriguez's Planet Terror, a zombie crazy movie, and Death Proof, Tarantino's horror film, in which Kurt Russell plays stuntman Mike, a uh, stuntman serial killer who murders women with his death-proof cars. <laughs> his stunt cars. And it's such a crazy premise, but it's fucking awesome. It's Kurt <laughs> it's, Russell. It's fun as shit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I love Death Proof. It's definitely his, I think, least seen film. Yeah, yeah. Tarantino actually said, um, seven years ago in 2012, Tarantino said, Death Proof has got to be the worst move I've ever made. Wow. Not, not, I don't think he's saying that it's bad in any way, but he's saying, as far as for me... I think he's the least uh, satisfied with the outcome of it. Fair enough. I mean, it doesn't really have a lot of substance to it. No, but it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's not fun. supposed to. It's a grindhouse and, and, film. And I know, I know Tarantino's a massive, massive fan of The Thing, just like we are from 1982. <laughs> and Kurt Russell was in that. Um, I know The Hateful Eight was loosely based on some happenings in The Thing. and uh, Well, he reused the score. Yeah, yeah. Or some lost score that Marcone did for Mar- The Yeah, thing, exactly. Repurposed into The Marcone came back for it, yeah. Um, really cool. Very cool stuff, and uh, yeah, um, I got I got a couple quotes though that I like. It's better than safe. It's death proof. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we have to have that. Uh, this one's great though. Kim uh, screams "moo motherfucker moo," which is something I always scream now when I see cows. <laughs> I see cows. Oh man, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. That's that, that's one. Uh, I don't think it's on anything. You probably got to go search for that one. Yeah, you gotta, you this, gotta this is one, one you got. You probably got to do some work for. Um, yeah, I don't really have any recommendations where to find it. It's got a sixty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes and a seven point zero on IMDb, which is not bad. Uh, I'll take that. That's very average for a movie that. I gotta say this: the, the movie that I think Death Proof has one of the sexiest scenes in cinema history with uh, was her name Butterfly? Yeah, but yeah, the lap dance she gives yes. to Kurt Russell. Dude, I can't fucking look away. <laughs> that. Is my favorite. It's one of the, of the many movie. times I've been jealous Fuck, of old man. Kurt oh Russell on the screen. <laughs> and uh, down in Mexico by the coasters. Yeah. Fuck, man. <laughs> oh, man. Classic. Yeah, Tarantino doesn't. Uh, and the know. stunt work in that film is unbelievable. That's where I, I think. Uh, What's her name? Zoe? Zoe Bell? Zoe Bell, yeah. yeah. Her first uh, stunt work with him, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. She rode a fucking car against. Stuntman Mike's car. Like, yeah. That whole sequence is fucking it great. Actually, it actually did that, yeah. Really yeah. cool. Really cool stuff. Death Proof, I don't think it's anyone's favorite, but... No. It's an enjoyable film. It'll, you know, kill some time for you, and it's 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 better than Planet Terror. And it's... It, it is it is Tarantino, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, give it, a, give it a go. He considers it his one of his official ones. It's his fifth, so... It's good enough for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's good enough for me. Yeah, uh, agreed. Uh, well, on to uh, a classic. Oh, yeah. 2009. 2009. Glorious Bastards. Ah, so good. Oh, my God. An argument could be made for that being my favorite. It could be made. It could be made that this is his best movie. This uh, is the, the movie that really like endeared him to the Academy. The yes, most. we have eight nominations at the Oscars, including a win for Waltz. Christoph Waltz won Best Supporting Actor for his role as Colonel Hans Landa. 
Au revoir, Shoshana. <laughs> Fucking sadistic <laughs> shit. But, oh my god, so mesmerizing. Ugh. Anytime I see fucking milk now. It is truly a bingo. <laughs> am I right? Just fu- How fun is that? <laughs> God damn. So many great lines. Uh, the yeah, Jew Hunter. L- l- let me give you a few more. Uh, here, let's see. Uh, Aldo Rain, you probably heard we ain't in the prisoner taking business, we in the killing Nazi business. And cousin, cousin business, business is, is a boom. <laughs> oh man, so good. We got. Um, you got Donnie Donowitz. Teddy fucking Williams knocks it out of the park. Fenway Park is on his fucking feet. Uh, he went yaddle on that one. Yeah, right after beating the fuck out of a Nazi oh, with a Jesus baseball Christ. bat. Comes out of the tunnel. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, um, I gotta go to... One of the first things I wrote, this is one of my favorite things, um, on this movie, Tarantino was asked about, you know, obviously this is a intense... This is a war film. Uh, a very touchy war. World War Two. Yeah affected our entire globe um, very drastically. And he says, uh, I mean, it would be easy to just set up a situation where we go, kill the Nazis, rah, 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 but I don't play it that fucking easy. Like, for instance, the interrogation scene that you just saw, under any criteria of bravery and warfare, that German passes under any criteria. And he does in that scene. He does not give up shit, and he says, fuck you, you're gonna have to kill me, I don't yeah. care how it happens. Yeah. And uh, we don't see that enough in war movies, where the brutality, the loyalty, the just blindness to just being smart in situations is is war and this this film captures it it's funny it's dark it's like sadistic (laughs) and it's a fucking awesome film war is hell for both sides and you really never see that but you see it quite a lot in glorious bastards i I love that for sure like the scene where in that scene where uh donowitz you know hits the metal on his chest and says you get that for killing jews he says i got it for bravery like Mm. Fuck, man, you yeah. know? To him, Crazy. he is doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's weird. Under, uh, yeah, like he's saying, under that criteria, you are a good German yeah. Nazi. Yeah, you are, a, yeah, so. And Glorious Bastards has some of Tarantino's best characters. Uh, Landa, Lieutenant Aldo Rain, my favorite Brad Pitt performance of all time. One of, for me, too, one of them. Uh, that's hard, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to, like, really look at it. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, Michael Fassbender's uh, Archie Hickox. Uh, Daniel think, Daniel Brule. Daniel Brule. Uh, Frederick Zoller. Mm. Uh, Eli Roth. Eli Roth. Donnie <laughs> Donovan. Diane Kruger. Yeah. Uh, uh, Von Hammersmark. It's a brilliant, brilliant film. Uh, and I think that this has, without a doubt, the greatest scene that Quentin Tarantino has ever written. Let's hear it. It is the bar scene with the card, the card game mm-hmm. where the German soldier realizes that Michael Fassbender is an imposter. That whole se- that whole sequence is, is genius. Be- is beautiful. It's a diamond. It yeah. is just unbelievable. And it's all in French and German. Yep. Uh, I read... Uh, I should have wrote it down. There's like a very short time where English is, yeah. is spoken in this Well, I movie. love that Tarantino let... You know, the Germans speak German, the French speak French. That is fucking awesome, and nobody does that. Nobody Ever. does that. They use shitty... Shitty accents from fucking British or American. It's always actors. a Brit, and if it's a Russian, it's a Brit. If it's yeah. a French person, that it's happens a, Brit. a lot. That happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say that I. There's plenty of movies that I like that have done that, but I respect when someone does what the, the real. It's very realistic. It's the real thing. And this and, movie, like, really, and Christoph Waltz, it, oh, you know, is like Jesus Christ. This is a German, you know, yeah. Nazi dude speaks five la- like five languages. He does, yeah, flawlessly in the movie and in real life. He was yeah. A, he he yeah. said the only one the only one that he isn't like fluent in is Italian that he used that he learned just his lines. God. But all the other languages he knows fluently. <laughs> Jesus. And I, I I thought he he spoke that Italian so well. I thought I know he was I know that's what was like. Jesus, you really you knocked you nailed your lines, Fuck, man. man. Yeah. yeah, he he is. This is a that is like a once in a generation performance from him. And, and a once, yeah. a, once in a generation movie, one of the best movies of this of that decade. And he, was, Christoph Waltz, was a little known German actor at, in the twilight of his career. Yeah. And Tarantino found him and turned him into a superstar. Got him an got him two Oscars, back to back for for this guy, and he's become a Hollywood superstar because of Tarantino. For sure, for well sure. deserved. He's one of the most talented actors that we never knew about, and now we all know about him. And we all know Landa is such know a him very well. Character. Yeah, we know him very well. Oh, he's so great. Uh, I love that one. It, it's uh, got an 88 uh, Rotten Tomatoes and an 8.3 on IMDb, which is, uh, I would say, under and what's, <clears throat> under what's, what it should be. But. What Tarantino does with World War II is ballsy. Is he reimagines yeah. the end of the war. Yeah. Which is kind of insane. No one's ever done that before. It's remarkable. 
And yeah, the, the only time I've seen that was in uh, Philip K. Dick's book, uh, Man in the High Castle. Yeah, I know, they, the, they did a, sh- a show on that. The book is called something different, I believe, but the show is called Man in the High Castle. And it is, yeah, like an alternate reality of if things diff- were different. But what Tarantino's doing is showing showing when it actually happened. We've never seen, like, oh, oh shit, like, this World War II is actually happening in front of us on the screen. But by the end of the movie, it's like, wait, oh, yeah, this is kind of a different, an alternate yeah. from what we're, from what we're, we've, we've learned uh, in our history books. But we should have known that was coming because he opens the movie with the phrase, once upon a time in Nazi-occupied France. Mm-hmm. So we're supposed to know this is kind of a World War II fairy tale. Yeah. yeah. And if you think about it, like, this would be the beginning of Tarantino's shared universe and if Hitler was killed in a movie theater, that would explain why every character in his universe has such an emphasis on pop culture. Mm-hmm. Why it's so important and ingrained in society. This pop culture helped end World War II. Yeah. It's very important to this generation. Man. So cool. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe Tarantino's going to try to end the war we're in right now with pop culture. <laughs> maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the... Maybe. Uh, I mean, it involves the Manson murders, and you know he's going to do his own spin on that shit. Hell yeah. Maybe Sharon Tate gets away this time. (sighs) Shit. uh, Here we go. And uh, Donnie Donowitz, he said, is the, like, grandfather of uh, Lee Donowitz, Mm -hmm. the producer in True Romance. Yep. Another cool connection there. Yeah, Glorious Bastards is a fucking flawless movie. It is. It's, like I said, I don't own it, which is crazy. (laughs) Uh, It's one of my... I'm going to be doing a top five for people who have seen my top fives on the website. Thank you for reading. Uh, I've done the Coen brothers and David Fincher. Currently working on Wes Anderson, but I think Tarantino's probably next. I couldn't do that. It's going to be very fucking hard. But... I could not do my top five Tarantino. But I, but but I'll, I'll say I'm pretty pretty sure Bastards is going to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that moves on to um, our next one from 2012, uh, Django Unchained. Django Unchained. Which is technically a remake Technically, I guess. It's more of a reimagining. Re-ima- yeah, reimagining. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Um, 1966 Django. Yeah. He reuses a lot of the music. Mm-hmm. Franco Nero, who played the original Django, does make an appearance in the film. Yes. As a Mandingo wrestler dude. And it's a fucking great moment. It is a great moment. Uh, <laughs> J- Django, I feel like, is one, when it came out, had a lot of a lot of flair, a lot of hype, a lot of uh, build around it that I it didn't live up to for me. But now, as it's um, kind of, you know, had some time to grow and have a legacy of its own I love it um, I love Django Unchained I think uh, I think Christoph Waltz is just as good in this <laughs> well I love that in Inglorious Bastards he plays the most evil man in the world and then he's this... and then in this he plays the most decent man in the world yeah three years later yeah. <laughs> and he won another Oscar yep <laughs> yeah this is forever gonna be his his little gap his little three year like Tarantino bit where he's like he was one of the best actors in the world at that time he'll be back I think so, too, but this will, for me and for most Mm -hmm. fans, this will be his, you know, his moment of, wow. And this was Tarantino's second Oscar, too. He took home Best Screenplay. Yes, which would be 18 years after Pulp Fiction. (sighs) Fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Um, Yeah, 86 on Rotten Tomatoes, solid 8.4 on IMDb. That's actually really good. I think Django Unchained might be his most important film. Because... How so? It is the first Western I've ever seen that directly addresses slavery. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And not just addresses it, but heavily, like, you know, shines the light on the fucking gruesome, fucked up nature of slavery. Just yeah. all the sadism that went into it. Yeah, it's not It's not like all these movies we see now where it's like, yeah, eventually it's going to be okay. It's like, no, you kind of have to kill to yeah. survive. This and was, yeah, this was war. This was a race war. These people hate you because of the skin. Because of the, the color of your skin, and they're going to call you things that are horrible and yeah. treat you like a second-class citizen. I think yet, no other character Tarantino has ever written has represented evil as much as Calvin Candy, the slave owner played by Leonardo DiCaprio in a unbelievable performance. It really is it's so scary. Um, gen- gentlemen, you have my curiosity. Now you have my attention, <laughs> dude. I get fucking scared of a southern accent because of that fucker. Yeah, he. Uh, you never know when he's gonna snap. He you know he's going to, but you don't know when. He frightens me when he makes those guys fight in front of him. It's he throws him the hammer. Disgusting. Like, it's finish him. Treating treating people like animals, and it's disgusting. But that Leo did his job. There's the he, hint of incest between him and his sister. Just yeah, he went out of his way to make the way this guy. the way Kerry Washington is treated. I'm like, how yeah. did you do that, Kerry Washington? <laughs> yeah, you know, even though y'all are acting, getting paid, how did you do that, man? 
That, that must have been a difficult set. Fucking really like, Oh, yeah. That must have been just Le- Leo says he had trouble, yeah. you know, like saying some stuff that he had to say. But I admire Leo because I remember him, I read something that said if he hadn't gone 100% with that, he never would have been able to forgive himself. Yeah. And Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If well, because you can't play Kelvin Candy without... Yeah, you can't. Being a total piece that. of shit. Yeah, yeah. you got to go. For, you got to go for broke. You got to go all, all in on the. And he shit. did. Oh, he did. And you know, of course, Jamie Fox is Django. Fucking great. The relationship between Django and Christoph Waltz is uh, Doctor King Schultz mm-hmm. is the heart of the film for sure. And it's really sure. cool to see a relationship. It, it's it's like kind that. of built like one of those buddy buddy like comedy movies, yeah. you know, like Dumb and Dumber and stuff like that, where you just got two guys traveling through America, like, trying to figure shit out. Mm-hmm. But along the way, is a lot of very. Very dark things. Yeah. And um, it does explore slavery two years before the beginning of the Civil War. And, whew. <laughs> just, yikes. The way, like, the nonchalant way all the white characters in this film just kind of treat black people as not even second-class citizens, but just filth. Dirt. Yeah. The way they do that so off-the-cuff yeah. is really smart. Just because it, it feels like this is how it went. Like, how it went. Because this is how people talk. It doesn't feel like a Hollywood version of no, slavery. It no. feels like slavery. Yeah, it does. It, uh, man. Yeah. And, of course, it's a revenge movie, which Tarantino's... That's his bread and butter. He's pretty good at... Yeah, he's, pre- he's pretty good at doing scenes where um, the audience is angry with the main character. Yeah. With our protagonist. We're all we're all angry with them. And then he knows we, how to make a sympathetic lead. And then we Yeah, and then we get that, we get that, that moment of... Yeah. And Django is one of the best. Dude, the third act of Django and Chain when he comes uh, is so goddamn satisfying. It is. Oh my god! And I love the music in this because it's all repurposed Western theme music. It's all Western music. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Morricone hated that because in this and Glorious Bastards, he repurposed a lot of Morricone's scores with no context, Mm -hmm. and Morricone was really pissed about that. What the hell, man? Of course, he wasn't that pissed because he did his own score for him for his next film. Yeah. But, you know, I can understand that. But yeah, Django. Django's great. It's uh, it's I actually it's actually the longest um, shooting film ever by Quentin Tarantino. It took uh, 130 days to film this movie. <laughs> uh, it's also, this is a really, really cool stat. Um, t- uh, Christoph Waltz is in it for an hour and six minutes and 17 seconds runtime, and that is the longest... Um, runtime for anyone who's won Best Supporting Actor uh, huh. at the Oscars. So really cool. That wow. he, he's he's in the movie just as much as anyone else. But you know, <laughs> Django is the main character, so yeah. you you have to take a funny because the role of Django was originally offered to Will Smith. Oh God, who no. turned it down. That would have been bad because Django. He thought Django wasn't the lead character. Dude, that would have been bad. Yeah, I if think Will Smith would have played yeah. Django. That would have been bad. It wouldn't have worked. I don't think it would have been. Oh God. He had a whole. I remember he was again. Go back to Kevin Costner. Wanted him to play Yikes. Calvin Candy at first. I mean, I don't. Under, I don't want to underestimate the power of Tarantino's writing and and ability to get people to do things. But but Will Smith. That would have been bad. Yeah, that would have been bad. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we talked about how he, you know, revitalized uh, John Travolta and has done things with himself acting George Clooney when he was first starting. He's done all kinds of stuff with different actors, but Will, Will Smith's someone you don't. <laughs> Not for this. <laughs> he, he, let him keep playing the fucking genie or whatever he's doing. <laughs> Stupid. Well, I love that Tarantino's the kind of director that every actor wishes to get a call from. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, for sure. And we finally got Pacino, DiCaprio, and Brad Pitt is back again for... That's amazing. I mean, Pacino, is he? he's never done. Pacino is going to be in... Yes, he's in Once Upon a Time. I didn't with... know that. I was like, why are you surprised right now? <laughs> Holy shit, really? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I'm Pacino, excited. Pacino's playing um, uh, Leo's agent. Oh my god. Yeah. I did. I thought you knew that. I did not. Wait, I did he, not. Folks, he was looking at me like I was fucking crazy. I was like, yeah, I was like I was Pacino's like, in. What's you he didn't talking know that? about? But, holy fuck. Yeah, he's oh got, he's finally got Pacino. He brought back Pitt. He brought back Leo. Like, Shh, let's oh fucking do it. I didn't know I could be more excited for that, but now... <laughs> shit, man. That's oh, Luke, great. Luke Perry, who just died, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So yeah, this is. Uh, I gotta okay. take another look at the cast list. We, we will. We'll get back to that. Yeah. Um, so Holy shit. so uh, that's really all I got for Django. Um, Django is great. I love it. It's. I think it's the film. It's one of the films I'll just kind of turn on. I don't even pay attention to the length of the film. I'll just put it on. Doesn't matter where you are, where it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just throw it on. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be entertaining. And I just I love that he got Franco Nero to be a part of it. Yeah. Because I'm a big fan of the original Django. That's one of Me my favorite too. westerns. Me too. So it was really cool to see him too. 
Good stuff. That brings us to The Hateful Eight. The Hateful Eight, 2015. This movie almost didn't happen. Because uh. a couple, I think a year before he was just about getting ready to ramp up production, the entire script got leaked. And he was pissed. Mm-hmm. He shelved I remember, it. I remember this, yeah. He was going to just write it off as a loss. And uh. Tim Roth, of all people, was one of the main people who convinced him to give it another shot. And he did the table read with everybody he had intended to bring on board. And he loved it so much that he decided to go ahead and make the film. But he changed the ending mm-hmm. so he could still surprise people. And it it's an acquired taste. The Hateful Eight isn't his greatest work, but it grows on you. It really does. I just watched this one again, too, uh, a couple nights ago. Wow. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot how good it was. And that third act is so, so rewarding, so so satisfying it, yeah but like you said it's acquired taste it's very long very long if you don't like if you if you have like ADD or you don't like you know you're kind of in one spot one room the whole time yeah with the same people over and over and you don't really it's kind of like a it's kind of like a long game of clue yeah um, that's a great uh, way to describe it but I, I this movie's awesome it's it's Reservoir Dogs kind of on crack like it's uh fucking in the middle of <laughs> In the middle of Wyoming. It's Reservoir Dogs meets The Thing. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Thing is a huge, huge influence for this movie. Um, one of Tarantino's favorite movies. One of one of our favorite movies too, uh, as far as horror goes. Yeah. Uh, the the cast in this is is unforgettable. Uh, Kurt Russell, Chang Tatum uh, appears in it. Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, Michael Madsen, Tim Roth, Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern is fucking awesome. James yeah. Parks, Walter yes. Goggins. Well, oh, man, Walt <laughs> it's fantastic. Like. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Everyone everyone does their job really well. And it, it's. I think this is one that's going to keep rising for me as time goes on. Uh, just, like, just like Django. Absolutely. And I think the, the hardest one for this... I think I mentioned this in my review when I first saw it back in 2015. This is one of the few movies he's done where I think the dialogue actually hurts him. Okay. I think there's... I think in this case... They, people don't talk like they sh- like they should talk in this. I don't I don't know why. It's just it bugs me. I I think there's something to that because a lot of them don't know each other. That might be it. Also, yeah. Tim Roth is Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, and what's Bob's name? What's that actor's name? Some oh yeah, Demi Bashir with yeah yeah yeah. Bashir. Um, the, all three of them are acting essentially. That's true. They are. And Tim Roth. That's like my my like favorite moment is when Tim Roth goes back to his old accent, and you're like, "Ha ha, you wanker! I, I knew it! Pete, yeah. <laughs> I knew it! You fuck!" Uh, he goes straight back to that Pulp yeah. Fiction. Like, <laughs> that's pretty great. I love you, Honey Bunny. <laughs> you know what? That might be the, that might be my problem with it. I think it's, that is it because everyone's playing a game. Yeah, it is a game. It's a game. No yeah. one knows each other. Even even the people we see at the very beginning, Kurt Russell and Samuel Jackson, Warren and John Ruth, just met each other. So nobody they know should about have any chemistry. Cause... No, and, and Jennifer Jason Lee is Kurt Russell's prisoner. You That's know? Fuck it. I think you just so, cleared this up for me. So yeah. I, I, I watched this very <laughs> intensely the other night. Um, <laughs> I, I had some alone time where me and my baby, she was sleeping. I was holding her, and I was like, I was locked in. I was like, this fucking <laughs> movie's good, man. It's got a 74% Rotten Tomatoes, 78 on IMDb. Um, I, I, I do think this movie's misunderstood. Um, and it is so intimidating. It is so long. Yeah, and so if you're about to watch, it's on Netflix right now, and I, I, I can feel people's pain. You know, I do the same thing. You click on, you're like, damn, like that's a big part of my day. <laughs> um, I think it's worth it though. If you have one of those nights where you got some time, if you want to stay up a little later than usual, please check this one out again. Even if you've seen it, I saw it in theaters. The intermission part was fascinating. I actually left the theater and like smoked a cigarette, came back, sat down in time for the movie to start back up. That was really cool. <laughs> I think that's something that should be added back into movies. Um, uh, time for people to go piss, go get whatever they need to drink or eat, and do what, do your thing. I think that's a really cool thing, and he did that in Hateful Eight. Um, anything else you want to say about this one? Uh, this took home, uh, it's got three Oscar nominations. It does. Uh, took home Morricone's first win, for the unbelievably, score. for score. 60-year mm-hmm. career, never won an Oscar. And the list is beautiful yeah. <laughs> of things he's worked on. Almost every Western you've ever seen mm-hmm. was Morricone. And that's unbelievable. But at least he has one now. Uh, I think Jennifer Jason Lee also got an Oscar nomination for she Best did. Supporting Actress. She did. And the other one was... It was Costume? It, it was random. Yeah, it was random. It was one of those. Might have been yeah. set design. I should have wrote that down. I'm sorry. It was one of those. I can't remember. But, uh, but yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee is spectacular in that. that When she finally gets to say, gets yeah. to talk... She transformed. Whew. 
And you know about the story about Kurt Russell breaking the guitar, right? Yes. Oh yeah, my yeah, god. Yeah. Yeah. So on the set, they were there's a scene where Jennifer Jason Leigh's character Daisy Domergue is playing a song on the guitar, and she starts in, subtly insulting Kurt Russell's character John Ruth with the song. So he grabs the guitar from her and smashes it to pieces. Well, on the set, they had borrowed a real 19th century guitar from a local museum as a, a prop in the movie. And Kurt Russell was not told this. <laughs> so he picked up the actual antique and <laughs> destroyed it. And Jennifer Jason Lee's reaction to it was caught on camera. That's a scene they use in the movie where she's like, whoa, whoa, stop it. <laughs> yeah, that's, t- that's Kurt Russell destroying a priceless historical artifact. <laughs> she's genuinely like, please don't do that. Yeah, uh, Tarantino, I'm sure, I think he reimbursed the, mo- the museum, which now has a policy of no longer loaning museum artifacts to movie sets. So you could thank Kurt Russell for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, my, one of my favorite quotes of any Tarantino film happens to be uh, a Tim Roth one from this one. Really? Oswaldo says, the man who pulls the lever that breaks your neck will be a dispassionate man. And that dispassion is the very essence of justice. For justice delivered without dispassion is always in danger of not being justice. <laughs> so good. profound and when you find out an hour later that he's fucking faking it and that this is a whole character that he's come up with in his head wow <laughs> really 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 cool Tim Roth amazes me um, one of the most valuable Tarantino actors uh, in this in his world coolest uh, part about Hateful Eight was finally bringing back his 90s mainstays mm-hmm. like Tim Roth and Michael Madsen and, that and Samuel L. Is Samuel just, L. is always is stellar. Yeah. yeah, always fucking awesome. This this is this is a perfect role for Samuel L. He gets to talk about his dick for like ten minutes straight. My Black Johnson. <laughs> he just keeps talking about his dick, and it's so uncomfortable. I remember being in the theater, being like, "Oh my god, stop! <laughs> just fucking get on with it." But that's the point because yeah. Bruce Dern's like, "Ah, yeah, oh, you old man," as if. <laughs> When he just goads him into because he just wants to kill him. Yeah, yeah. Sam Jackson's character just in this, this fuck, really yeah. straddles the line between hero and villain. Yeah, for and sure. He's just you know he's a bounty hunter. He gonna give a fuck. Yeah, he's just here. <laughs> I love that uh, with his with his letter from Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, the Lincoln letter. Dude, his his relationship with Walton Goggins in this film I fucking love because they're such polar opposites who end up thrust together on the right side of the law. Oh, and I love that. You've got a Union soldier known for killing Confederates, and then a ex-Confederate freedom fighter made sheriff put together, like, just in a bad situation. Well, I'll be double dog damned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's great. It's great, man. Goddamn. I have a blast at that one. I gotta watch that again. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Everybody just go check it out. When you're scrolling, find that. Look for that. You know, it's good. So he's got a new one coming out this year in July, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which kind of reimagines the Manson murders as a backdrop to a stuntman and his agent kind of looking for new work. And it takes place in 1960s Hollywood, Mm -hmm. and it stars Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Al Pacino, apparently, which (laughs) you can't fucking wait, as well as a ton of Tarantino actors. Oh, here you go. Oh my god. Look at this list. Margot Robbie, Luke Perry, rest in peace. D- Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning, Timothy Oliphant, Kurt Russell. <laughs> Scoot McNary. Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, it's James insane. Marsden. Yeah. Fuck, man. This is going to be nuts. And look who's playing Charles Manson. Damon Harriman. Damon Harriman. <laughs> Crazy, dude. I can't wait to see. I mean, just comparing with what Tarantino did with Adolf Hitler, I can't wait to see what he does with Charles Manson. Oh, this guy man. is good at reimagining real life villains. And oh, the costumes, like this yeah. is going to be crazy. Yeah, I, I've read. A, I, I did a lot of research because my job is to do part two of Tarantino's career as first research. Um, Tarantino, these are his words, um, said that the electricity between Pitt and Leo is the best he's seen between two actors or actresses. That's fucking insane to hear <laughs> from him. We just talked for damn near two hours about uh, the man's movies, and for him to say that about about these two, especially people that we love, yeah. Pitt and DiCaprio have been in the game for 20 plus years. Uh, wow. 
I'm s I am cannot fucking wait. Pacino. I mean, Jesus Christ. Pacino finally teams up with Ta- with Tarantino. And in the same Thank year God. he's gonna be working with Martin Scorsese for the first time too. Mm-hmm. In the Irishman. It's gonna yes. be a big year for Al Pacino. It is, yeah. It is. I'm I'm so excited for this one. This is gonna be one that you you bet your ass the film gasm uh film people will be We'll be, we'll be lining up to oh, see yeah. this one on opening night. We Absolutely. We cannot wait. I might break my horror uh, thing and talk about this for for one of them, because this this is going to be nuts. I, I can't wait for this. It's not going to... Yeah. It's it's going to live up to every bit of hype, I'm sure. Um, at this point, Tarantino has too much power, too much too much will, too much desire, too much experience, too much at hand to fuck up. So, uh, he hasn't done it before. I expect this to be to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, also going to be Luke Perry's obviously uh, last film, so rest in peace to him. Sad to see someone go so quickly, but uh, hopefully this will be something that can last, uh, leaving an imprint on his legacy. I'm sure it will. And oddly enough, Tarantino, he said that he's going to retire after ten films, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will be his ninth. And apparently for number, number ten, he's been picked for a Star Trek movie. He's going to be doing the next Star Trek movie in 2021 or something. I think that's right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, apparently Paramount's giving him the green light to make an R-rated uh, Star Trek movie with zero uh, leash. Like, mm-hmm. He's given full reign over this. And I gotta say, I'm intrigued. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. I'm not even a huge Star Trek fan. I know you are, but um, I'm not... That, I, but, you know, Tarantino's name is on it. I will be there. I just want to see, like... And yeah, what, what does a Tarantino yeah, what, Star Trek what does movie that look like? Of, yeah. Like what is that going to be? And oh, he's like man. there's been a few films over the years he almost made. Like I remember very early in the uh, Marvel st- uh, planning stage, he was being considered to do Iron Man. Oh god, can you imagine? <laughs> him and st- him and him, ha- him having control of Tony Stark. Oh, Jesus. God. Tony that Stark's movie, already a fucking asshole. <laughs> Iron Man was the movie that set the bar for the MCU. Can you imagine if Tarantino's tone was the movie that started Especially that? Especially at that time? That's right before he made Bastards? Like, yeah, Jesus. Who God knows where his headspace was at during oh, that man. time. Um, oh, I got a few quotes. A few quotes by him. You know, we mentioned a couple earlier, but uh, here's something he... Uh, a few things he said that I, I look up to him for saying. Uh, uh, if you love movies enough, you can make a good one. I believe that. Uh, the man dropped out of high school when he was 15. And uh, he knew right away, this is what I want to do. I want to make movies. I want to do whatever I have to do. Uh, if I have to write them myself, I will. Because other people are lazy and I have to do it all myself. That's very inspiring that he <laughs> he, he, he kind of took the life by the balls. and uh, Oh, yeah. And has done it. Um, hopefully the way I define success when I finish my career is that I'm considered one of the greatest filmmakers that ever lived. And going further, a great artist, not just a filmmaker. Very cool. So modest too. Obviously. Very cool. He 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 is he he is a humble dick. You know, um, humble dick. Humble dick. Uh, he 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 knows that there's things out there that are better than what he's done. He knows that movies are amazing. He's a movie lover. He doesn't think he's necessarily better than movies itself, but he understands his place in the industry. Yeah. He understands the power he has. He understands how good he is at it. There was a and line. That's, that's part of who he is. There's a line in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Where, Here we go. Um, Here we go. <laughs> all the car- the guardians are meeting Ego, Kurt Russell. Oddly yeah. enough, <laughs> that's that's awesome. And uh, he's everywhere. Kurt Russell says something about humility, and Drax says, "Oh, I understand. I too am extraordinarily humble." <laughs> and for some reason, that made me think of Tarantino. <laughs> extraordinarily <laughs> humble. Uh, that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. What a guy. Yeah. Q. He's a man who has totally earned his right to do whatever the fuck he wants. Because he has been consistent for 20 plus years. Just delivering amazing films. One after another. after hit after hit. He's, like I said earlier, he's the director that actors hope to get a call from. So they can work with this guy. Yeah. He has Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen on speed dial. To just be like, hey, you want to be in the new one? Yeah. You fucking imagine... Jesus Christ. To have those guys wanting you to like to come to them. Jesus Christ. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's such a cool place to be. Um, again, his... Just to give you his full... Um, you know, We'll give you the, the, the official eight. Because at the beginning of Hateful Eight, it says... Eighth film by Quentin yeah. Tarantino. Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill 1, Kill Bill 2, Inglourious Bastards, Django Unchained, and The Hateful Eight. Wow. Yeah. Like perfect, those eight together. If you take out all the little things he did here and there, I I love some of the things he did, you know. But and Kill Bill counts as one movie according to him. 
So if you count all those seven together, those seven stories, those seven ideas, those seven movies, if you count Kill Bill as one. No, with Kill Bill as one, it's eight. It's one, it's eight. How is that? Because he considers his eight is Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, Death Proof. Okay, yeah, there Inglourious you go. Bastards, Django, Hateful Eight. Okay, there you go. Yeah. All right. Flawless. Absolutely. Flawless. Unbelievable. Um, A career that has yet to have any kind of... You know, slip, not counting the side projects. And how how old? I think he is 57 now? Jeez. Still got some time. Yeah. <laughs> he but really, he, he like, he, like he said, he, he yeah. has said, you know, 10 is it. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I feel like I feel like he, he loves this shit. He does. <laughs> he loves movies. You know, a lot of his quotes that I love are, are him just praising. He loves film. He loves doing this shit. He loves ideas. He loves sets. He loves characters, you know. Um, well, I was watching, uh, Tim Roth recently did a interview with GQ where he talked about his career, mm-hmm. part of that ongoing series, and he talked about his time on Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and The Hateful Eight. Yeah. And he said that the cool thing about Quentin Tarantino is that he does all of your improvising for you. Like, everything that needs to be in the movie is on the page. And he'll stop you and say, like, hey, no, it's on the page, just give me what I wrote. Yeah. And, and wow. Yeah. Wow. Have the balls like, to say that. No, 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 like, no, no, no. I want you to pick up the mug with your fucking left hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's there. It's written. <laughs> Which kind of is amazing considering all the, like, you know, the fucks and the ums and all that. That's all written down. Wow. He's yeah. got it all planned out. God, that's amazing, man. <laughs> do you want to do, do you want to do some, like, uh, some favorites? Sure. Favorite, fa- let's do, not favorite movie. I can't do that. I can't really decide. It's, I mean, Jackie Brown's my personal favorite, but it's really hard to say, like, what's the best, what's, you know... I don't think anybody except him is qualified to say what the best is. Right, yeah, it's very hard. And but, he, he always says that Kill Bill is the most personal like thing he's done. Uh, I don't know how that is, but... Was his family murdered by a death squad? I don't know. <laughs> Again, he's a weird guy. Was he, he in a coma where he lost the baby? He said true romance was autobiographical, so... <laughs> the guy's fucking insane. <laughs> and we're talking about him. Uh, Maybe he's Bill, I don't know. Uh, Alright, so let's do fa- favorite character in Tarantino's world. Favorite character? Hmm. <clears throat> Aldo Rain. Ah, oh, wow. Inglorious Bastards. I like it. He is such a noble hero, but you also get the feeling that he's a fucking piece of shit back where he comes from. Like, yeah, he, he, he's done some shit. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, I love the the uh, the lynching scar around mm-hmm. his throat that never comes up in the movie, but is just a little detail that shows you why he hates racism so little, much and little, why he's doing A little this. development in his character. Well, I yeah. read into it, and I guess in the original script, he was with a, he, he has a black wife. Mm-hmm. And they found out about it in 1930s Tennessee, and he was lynched. And that's why he's here. He hates this. He hates people Damn. who step on other people because of their race. And that's why he's here to kill Nazis. That's never come, That never wow. comes up in the movie, but it's a little detail that I fucking love. That's really cool, man. Yeah. And I love Brad Pitt's performance, and he just he, he electrifies the screen every time he's on. I love, yeah, Aldo Rain. Close second is Vincent Vega. Okay. All right. I like Vince. I like Vince a lot. I, I gotta go. Right, Max Cherry. Max Cherry. Max Cherry's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> subdued. The subdued Tar- Tarantino character. The guy who doesn't smoke, doesn't do anything bad. You know, he's just this bondsman, bail bondsman. <laughs> Uh, I love, it. but he doesn't wash his hands after he pees, as we see in one scene when he's meeting with Samuel Jackson with Ordell, and he's walking away from the restroom, and Ordell says, "Uh, uh, uh, wash your hands," <laughs> and Max Cherry says, "Fuck you, what do you want?" Oh, <laughs> uh, so good. Yeah, Max Cherry's my personal favorite, but Vega's classic. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Vega and Jules uh, are, are great. Ordell, um. And yeah, Aldo. Aldo's a great one too. And Aldo and Hans uh, Lander are. Both. We're talking villain. It's Hans. La- it's Hans Lander for sure. For me, me as he well. He is such a. But you never get the feeling that he's evil. It's almost like it's all a game to him. Like he knows he's the smartest guy in the he's room. Like, so just he, getting entertainment out yeah, of it. He's yeah. he's waiting to see how everything plays out to mm-hmm. his benefit. Yeah. And that's a very interesting type of villain. Like Calvin Candy is a fucking sadist, but Landa, you get the feeling that he just wants to see what happens but he wants to, he wants everything to end up in his favor he, like he wants world war 2 to end up in his favor yeah that's incredible yeah. oh man Real that, piece of shit it's but one of my favorite scenes is the opening the opening scene oh that's yeah that's, incredible. About, that's my it's my favorite scene of that movie for sure mm, um, and absolutely. then it, and then it's one of my favorite tarantino bits 
Uh, what else we got? So, villain, we got Londa for both of us. Favorite song moment? <sighs> Holy shit! <laughs> wow, that's a good that's a good question because I thought I, I think about the music a lot in these movies. Um, Pam Greer sang a, a long time woman when she's going to jail the first time. Uh, Ninety nine years, and she's singing that. That's really cool that she sung that for the movie. <laughs> I like that, but I but I love. Uh, uh, on Pulp Fiction, when before she overdoses um, on Vincent's uh, uh, heroin, girl, you'll be a woman soon. Yes. By urge overkill. Good choice. <laughs> you'll be a woman. Yeah, so good. She's dancing around in his big old jacket. Yeah, I really like that bit. Yeah, I love all the little things that have to happen for that moment to happen. Oh yeah. I a lot of times I think about my favorite bit of Pulp Fiction. I'm like, yeah, but the best part is when Vega and and her. Are just, that whole part is the whole, amazing. The date at Jackrabbit's yeah, Slams. It's yeah, just amazing. It's just amazing. Like, it could be its own movie. I could have a movie where he picks her up and goes into in-depth with every single thing that happened on that date that night. I could see a movie just that, for sure, and I would, I would be locked in. That's $5. That's milk and ice cream. You <laughs> put Rutman in or nothing. Will you roll, roll me one of those, cowboy? <laughs> or when she goes to do coke in the restroom and comes back and she says, isn't it a great feeling to come back from the restroom to see your food? Yeah. That's a, that is a great feeling. When I go to a restaurant, I still think about that every time. <laughs> I don't do coke in the restroom, <laughs> nor do I look nearly as pretty as Uma Thurman. But I love how casually she did coke in the bathroom. She's god just, damn! A bunch of people there fixing their hair. She's just like, I say, god damn! Yeah, she's still living. <laughs> in the, coke she's head. still living in the sixties. Yeah, all these other girls are doing their hair. Yeah, love. I love Buscemi as Buddy Holly in that. Yeah, that bit. That's really cool. <laughs> Shit, we're just gonna go back to Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Start talking. <laughs> Uh, what what other what other moments could we do as far as? Oh, f- uh, for me, it's the opening. Of oh yeah, your Dogs. favorite song. Yeah. Oh, a green bag, little green bag. Yeah. Oh, Meeting the Reservoir Dogs. That whole sequence. Wait, and with the radio station. Yeah. Yeah. K Billy. This is K Billy. This is K Billy. Yeah. So good. So good. I like that, and I like when Mr. Blonde is doing the. Oh yeah. Stuck in the middle with you. Stuck in the middle with you. I remember being like, that wasn't the first choice for the song. I remember. There's so many yeah. options for that. <laughs> yeah. Because you could play something a little darker. You could play something real happy. Well, I love that it's, like, the, the song. It's kind of in the middle. Stuck in the middle. Like, yeah. It can be depending on how you interpret the song. It, it could be, be like someone who's driving real fast, yeah. or it could be just someone walking down the street, or someone cutting a fucking yeah. cop's ear off and torturing him, you know? <laughs> Fuck. That's good with me, too. Oh, my God. With Mr. Orange, the fucking... The cop, one of the cops himself, laying on the floor dies. I was, so um, good. so my cousin Ryan, he's about 18, he's just started looking at Tarantino's oh, work. Perfect age for Tarantino. And I was at work. Oh, your testosterone's like, what is this? Yeah. Well, I got a, I got, I was at work, and, uh, I got a call, and I was at work, so I didn't answer the call. You got a call, wow. But, I got a, I texted Ryan, I was like, hey, what's up, buddy? He doesn't usually call me. And I was like, you know, what might be happening? And he texted back, who shot Nice Guy Eddie? <laughs> I'm like, well, that's a very interesting question, yeah, right? Yeah. So I called him back after work, and I'm like, we're going to talk about this. So like, that actually, that actually is a huge debate that's been going on for a long time because yeah. they all shoot at the same fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> and Steve is scared. <laughs> Mr. Pink, Mr. Pink runs out and just gets riddled <laughs> right when he runs out the door. Freeze! <laughs> so good stuff. Oh, fucking great. Yeah, be on be on the lookout. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a top five soon for the website. Um, gonna cause a lot of controversy because I'm gonna have to leave stuff out because three films are gonna be, or yeah, three of them are gonna be left out. That sorry, that's just how it goes. That's the way it's gonna go. It's a damn shame. I will count Bill uh, Kill Bill one and two as separate movies though for my top five. Um, I will do that. Or should I put them together? If I put them together, it leaves room for more. That's true, and I'll put them together. It is one together. movie, according to Tarantino. Yeah, I'll put them together. Yeah, if Tarantino says so. I'll put them together. We'll never get the Kill Bill three, probably. No, as much as as cool as that story would be, it'll never happen. He had originally uh, he had brought up the idea of Kill Bill three being uh, Vernita Green's daughter Nikki growing up. That'd be awesome, and tra- being trained by a blind L driver to uh, kill the bride. Oh man, and how fucking cool would that be? Especially now that she's the right age for that. Oh, dude. But, so it would be Vivica Fox's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Nikki okay. would be kind of the hero and the bride would be Who kind would you of want adult. to play? Uh, Carrie Washington. Mmm. Mmm. That's a good one. Yeah. So yeah, she'd be around that age, right? Yeah, you could fudge it a little. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of someone young. Like if there's someone young that could do it. Who played um the girl in Beale Street? 
Ooh, um, Kiki Lane. Yeah, Kiki Lane. Kiki like Tish and oh, yeah. she'd be good. I like. Have you seen the Hate You Give? Um, I have not. Amanda, but I know, that girl's I know you're feisty. Talking about. She, I like her a lot. <laughs> She's fucking cool. Um, yeah, that that's actually a, such a good idea. Yeah, to do. There's so many things you could do though with Tarantino's world, like branch branch off. Like what? Okay, what what happened to Jules after? Because. You know, Vince Vega dies because he continues doing this work and he gets shot by Butch. I like to think that Jules went on his own pilgrimage and ended up as an organ player in El Paso, Texas. <laughs> Changed his name to Rufus. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to think. I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I was a coaster. I was part of the gang. <laughs> I was a drifter. They'd come through El Paso. I done oh, played man. with them. You saw Captain Marvel? Yeah. When it came out? I haven't seen that yet. Uh, why the fuck did they not give Samuel Jackson Jerry Curls? Was it wasn't it supposed to be nineties? Yeah, and isn't he isn't he driving around a lot in like South Central Los Angeles? Yeah, why the fuck would you give him Jerry curls, dude? Come on, man! Oh my god, you gotta shut up Pulp Fiction at least for a little bit. Give him, at least do like the facial hair, or let him say something, like let him give a little line about like foot massages or something. Marvel has uh, they have shout out to Pulp Fiction in the past in uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, Nick Fury's fake tombstone. Has Ezekiel twenty five seventeen? Oh, nice! On nice. The, yeah, the path Good of the call. righteous man. That's on Winter Soldier. Yeah. Good call. That's a great movie. That's really cool. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I just, I, I man, that'd been cool. Yeah. If they had. <laughs> My favorite unmade movie of his was the uh, the Vega Brothers movie. Yeah. That I never got to do. That would have been ultimate. John Travolta, Michael Madsen, Mr. Blonde, yeah. and Vin- oh, Vincent and Vic. Jesus. Just going through crazy shit. Probably would have been you know Marcellus and Joe would have been in there just. You know, combining Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction into some epic pre-story would have been unbelievable. Oh, but they both got too old for it to be believable. <laughs> man, that would have been so cool. And it can't be an after movie because they're both dead. <laughs> so, but you know, what could dream? I'd like to think I'd like to think Lou has a connection. Lou De Niro's character in Jackie Brown has a connection to the Vegas. He just seems like he'd run with those cats, you know. Seems like one of Joe's. Old yeah, it seems like they. Yeah, but then again, De Niro's character seems like he's run with every kind of <laughs> every kind of crew. That's true. Oh man, <laughs> shit. Oh, this was a blast. Oh yeah, absolutely unbelievable. One of this one of was one fun. of one of the best to ever do it. That's uh, for sure. QT. So that's it for our filmgasm on Quentin Tarantino's career. Uh, check out part one if you want to hear the rest of his movies. Uh, I want to thank you for listening. Had a blast doing this. Had a great time. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing a lot more of these. Every fifth podcast is going to be a weird shit Wednesday. And if you have a, like a director you want to throw at us, that we yeah, we're down to research anything, man. Absolutely, we'll, we'll anything, give it a go. anything you want to hear us talk about, we'll talk about it. Just yeah. uh, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. Otherwise, we're going to choose your own shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, post a thing on our uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're, we're pretty uh, up and up with that. Uh, check out the website. You know. We are doing content all the time. Mm-hmm. The podcast is only going to grow from here on out. iTunes is a big step for us. And now that we're starting to tackle that audience section, I'm just really excited for the future. Me too. And it's happening right now. The, the, roots, of, the roots of Filmgasm are growing. Yeah. I couldn't be, couldn't be uh, more excited to be a part of it. For sure. Thank you to Quentin Tarantino for making so many incredible films that have impacted our lives. Yes. And continue to do so. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Stay tuned for next time. Uh, don't know what the movie will be. I know it'll be scary. And, uh, you know, stay with us. Appreciate it. See ya.